Welcome back to a podcast entitled The Real Enneagram. A Spiritual Quest. Yes, sponsored by the Institute for Conscious Being. And today we have Dr. Joseph Howell and myself, Erica Jobes. And we have a very, very exciting topic today that everybody's been waiting to hear about from yeah. you. It's the arrows of the Enneagram. Why are, why are the arrows of the Enneagram so important? Because they help you understand the inner flow of the Enneagram. Okay. And the inner flow of the Enneagram is a description of what? It's a description of the flow toward disintegration of your personality and the flow toward integration of your personality. Okay, so now might be a good time for you to describe to us what integration is and what disintegration is. Those are big words. Yes. Well, if one is one of the ego types, which is one of the nine Enneagram personality types, you will either integrate in life, meaning you will come to greater awareness of who you are, greater effectiveness in your life, greater self-understanding, and that your relationships will be much more smooth than rocky. You will come to an understanding of what your purpose is and what your inner core is made of. This is called by some self-realization. For others, it is merely called reaching personhood. And so what does one feel like inside when they've reached... Um, this place of self-realization or in Enneagram speak integration, what are those feelings? How do you know? The feelings are more what you don't have. Uh, You do not have an underlying angst all the time. You do not have perplexed situations in which the answer is very hard to find. You also, by the same token, don't shoot from the hip or go on impulse. Um, It is um, um, a type of feeling that you have done a lot of your inner work and you know who you are. Great. Well, that's that's really what we're all striving for, is to be in that place of integration. Absolutely. All right, so... I guess the opposite end of the spectrum would be disintegration. Right. And when one disintegrates, they... um, I have the uh, picture of of a shattered glass. Um, It is broken. And it begins with one shatter. And then the cracks spread as the, the glass is under pressure. And the the whole glass ends up being disintegrated or turning to dust. Okay. So for a human being, if someone's gone to this place of disintegration, what does that look like for them? It is a fragmented person who is longing for something, and many times they don't know what it is. It's a person who's jumping from pillar to post. A person who is withdrawing from the world because they're fearful of what it holds. A person who is so ashamed that they have woven a life to cover up shame and guilt and a feeling of inferiority and being unloved. 
And then there are the others who uh, have fragmented due to seething anger and rage that has torn their lives apart. So it's that person who is seething and angry because their life just hasn't turned out like it was supposed to. And because they're in pain. Mm -hmm. Um, Things haven't worked. Uh, There's not been a system of uh, helping uh, that person to get along with other people and to also be friends with their own self. And and I imagine that there is a spectrum between this place of integration and this place of disintegration. What does it look like in in between? It's um, uh, I call it mixed. It's uh, no person's land. It's where the soul and the ego fight. Um, the soul doesn't usually fight. It waits for the ego to yield. Um, but it is a place where that uh, alchemical uh, fight does occur, uh, or I'll say that alchemical interaction occurs. And uh, it's where people are pondering and wondering and trying out different things and uh, going with uh, what their uh, uh, impulses are uh, or going with what they've um, worked out analytically. And likely in that place where you're kind of in between, you, you may not be disintegrated to the place to the place where you're in complete misery and suffering, but you're likely not at a place where you can say, I know I'm right where I need to be, and I'm at perfect peace. No, no. It's just an average place to be. There's angst and there's peace. There's a, um, a mixture of uh, what I call soul-centricity and egocentricity. Interesting. Okay. So the this spectrum between integration and disintegration, we've kind mm-hmm. of learned what that, that is and what that looks like. And you're saying that the arrows of the Enneagram help us to understand maybe where we fall on that spectrum? Yeah. Well, actually, uh, they tell you which direction to go if you are going to integrate and which direction to go if you're going to disintegrate. For example, let's say that I've identified as, a, as an ego two. Well, there is an arrowhead on the original Enneagram, not the recent Enneagram because I believe they've changed the direction of some of the arrows, but on the very early Enneagram, there is an arrowhead that points to me at the two. It nearly touches me. Now, if I take my finger and put it on that arrowhead and follow the shank of that arrow to its end, I'm going to find the energy of the four. That is the energy in its healthiest state. If I adopt it, It is the antidote to the suffering that I have at the ego, too. So if I'm going against the arrow... Against. It's like a salmon swimming upstream where it was born so that it can give new birth. It swims against the flow. It's the path of most resistance to get back 
to its home at four. And we'll talk about why it's home in just a little, little while. Okay. And so we're talking about that too. And we know that we go against that arrow. We, we swim upstream. Um, we move uh, to the path of most resistance towards that ego type four. And what happens there? What, what, what are we trying to get across? Well, ego type four is where our soul child is. That is our entry point into the world. And the four, for the two I'm talking about now, the four is the energy that all twos were when they were born. And that is their soul energy. And that is the energy that is still at their core. But as an ego too, we're out of touch with it. We became disconnected with our inner core a long time ago. It's not as fluid as it once was. Our interaction with our soul as it was when we were a child, a small child, because uh, we didn't have an ego to have to penetrate. We were totally transparent to the divine. To all of this earth as it really, really was in all of its beauty and all of the love that we were able to glean and all of the perceptual fields were unencumbered at all by any egoic strategy or defense or thought or veil to reality at all. Okay. So that person who has identified themselves on the Enneagram is an ego type too. Yes. They came into this world as an as a four. As a four. You can't say an ego. No, it's not an ego it's type. Not it's not an ego a, type. It's an they energy. Came as an essence an four. Essence. It was their yeah. energy. Yeah. And that essence four looked like what you just described, just uh, in touch with their self, their origin, creativity, the ability to uh, know who they were authentically and to have a a tremendously wonderful freedom in the world of being who they are without being constricted and understanding that that their will was one with divine will. Okay. That's a great place to be. Right, especially for the ego type too. Yes. Who in their ego fixation is like... They're fixated on relationships mm-hmm. and fixated on doing for others to uh, involve them in... Uh, codependent ways at their worst uh, to have people there to substantiate who they are and to, in the end, build them up and have, have them feel very, very needed and uh, wanted and uh, that feeds into the pride of the two. Okay. And so that's a good way to lead into the other way the arrow points to the path of disintegration. Right. Well, you go to the Enneagram 2 again. And remember, I said there were two arrows that were at point 2. One is at the arrow's head, and we've just traced it down to the 4, where the essence of 2 is. But if we follow the arrow across the Enneagram from 2, the arrow that begins at 2, I I laughingly say it's where the feathers are (laughs) on an arrow, If you begin there and go across, it will end up with its arrowhead pointing to point eight, which is their point of disintegration. Why? Because point eight 
at its unhealthiest, all disintegrative arrows go to the unhealthy part of the energy there and all arrows that you go against end up at a type at which you go to its healthiest energy. So you're saying when you integrate to your to your integration number, you always integrate to the healthiest aspects of that number. Absolutely. And when you disintegrate to your disintegration number, mm-hmm. you always disintegrate to the unhealthy points of that number. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the path of least resistance. That's why the original Enneagram maps have the arrow going for disintegration. Um, the point ends up at the point of disintegration, the arrowhead. Okay. So um, here we have, um, uh, it's the again, the inner flow of the Enneagram. This is the flow of least resistance. You're not working at all. You're going down the lazy daisy river, so it were, to all the aspects that come very easy to you and um, not second nature, but first nature, and uh, they're, they're, they're the things that, that you think will get you out of the trap of your egoic problems, uh, but they're actually the things that, uh, uh, they're the concrete blocks that sink the body. So let's paint a picture there. Let's round out this whole example of the two. So we have a two that's maybe trapped in service, yeah. doing for other people, and and what what does that look like? This this average two or unhealthy it's two. A very a very nice giver and very people like them, but they're still trapped in service, and they still have quite a need to be admired for all the uh, things they do in terms of giving goods and services to others, and the dependencies that they've built up to feed their ego. And then something happens yes. that. Uh, causes them to go to that path of disintegration. What does that look like? That would look like exhaustion. Mm. That would look like I've done so much and I'm not getting appreciated. That would look like I've done so much for so many and I've gotten not only no appreciation, but I've gotten some criticism. How dare they criticize me? I'm the one who brings all of the casseroles to the meeting, and they dare criticize that they didn't like the size of the chicken hunks that I had in the casserole? I'll show them I won't come next time. And that's where the eight energy comes in. The power used in a negative way of withdrawing like taking the rug out from somebody what that person is seen to to have need of. So basically they're kind of just withdrawing their support. Yes. You didn't appreciate me, now you're on your own. Yeah. Okay. So we've seen kind of the path of integration with the two from that, that average place to a place of... Um, a really good healthy place at the, the mm-hmm. integrated part of the four, the healthy part of that ego type four. Yes. And then we've seen the disintegration yes. of the two to the eight. Mm-hmm. And every number does that. Everyone does. We've done two. I'll quickly do all of them okay. in a summation. We go to three. The three disintegrates by following its arrow to the nine where it becomes lazy with its own values and standards and 
with its own sense of honesty and will have its um, trap and its passion of deceit rule it and that will be its undoing. But if a three is going to integrate, it goes against its arrow to the healthy six who is interested in the promotion of the family, the community, and the good for all, not just what's good for the three. Okay. The four will go uh, with its arrow to disintegration by going to the unhealthy two who is looking for a person to be codependent with and who is seemingly the answers to all of my problems through their taking me in, their teaching me, their helping me become a better person. And then that's the Thor's undoing because their sense of authenticity can never come from another human being. That is business between them and their own psyche and their own idea of their higher power. But if a four is going to integrate, they go against their arrow to one where they do the right thing for themselves. In one, they are actually going to the healthiest part, which is the one who happily discerns and understands where they are in life and who they are. And comes and does is is grounded. Well, this is the holy origin of four, doing and putting into action the right thing. It gets them out of their self-absorption. Okay. The five disintegrates by going with its arrow to the unhealthy seven, and this gets the five into the fantasy world. Um, living in one's head, making up things, um, making up scenarios, uh, having fantasies that really are made of maybe what they have read or understood, but that have no real basis. Um, This is a schizoid type of approach to the world. Um, In in its most... um, um, horrible form. It could be the bag man or the bag lady, you know, who you see muttering to themselves with all of what they've hoarded. Okay. Um, uh, then if the five is going to integrate, it sharpens up by going against its arrow to the eight, where it picks up power and energy and uses all of what it knows for for helping people and moving in the world in strong and powerful ways that benefits society and leadership is involved in that. The six disintegrates by um, following its arrow to the three and it works incessantly at the unhealthy three so that it won't be castigated, that it won't be thrown out of the pack, that it won't be fired, that it won't be in any desperation that it'll always be liked because it's doing as much as it can to please everybody. It's it's like the image of the gerbil on the wheel. It never stops because that's the unhealthy aspect of three. Sixes who are scared get into that frenzy of three to accomplish. And they can even look like threes. But their motivation for accomplishing isn't so they'll be admired. 
It's so they won't be fired. Wow. And the way they integrate is to actually go against their arrow and strengthen in faith to the peacefulness and relaxation and okayness at nine, which is who they are at their core anyway. That's their soul child. Just as the point of integration for every one of these nine energies is the soul child of that ego type, that's how they came into the world. And that's the teaching that we're teaching because that is the essential spiritual aspect of the Enneagram. The seven disintegrates by... um, uh, in in its way by uh, following uh, its arrow to the one. And this the way I describe this is they're so fixated on happiness that when they go to the one, they want happiness in perfection. It is they will do everything they can to achieve happiness at a premium and no... I is not dotted, no T goes uncrossed to achieve what they consider to be happiness, fulfillment, and no deprivation at all. That's gluttony. Mm-hmm. And so if, if a seven is going to achieve integration, however, they go against their arrow to the healthy aspects of five. And at the healthy five they become comfortable sitting with their pain. It's not about any more perfect happiness so that I in the unhealthy one am uh, super particular about how everything has to be to make me happy and to guard me from pain. It's the opposite of that. It's, It's surrendering to pain. It's sitting with pain. It's having the divine join you in sitting in that pain. And it means co-creation, and it means a lot of understanding there's a holy plan. Uh, Instead of ego planning, there's a holy plan to follow. And this can only come in quiet. It can't come in the, um, the riotous aspect of the unhealthy seven. Then we have the eight, And the eight disintegrates by um, going to the unhealthy five. That means they follow their arrow. That's the path of least resistance. And that's the withdrawal aspect of five, who tends to hide from the world anyway. Well, the eight uses the hiding and the withdrawing as a way to withdraw their support from others and teach others that they need to adhere to what the eight is saying. But if the eight is going to integrate, they go to their heart of compassion by going against their arrow and it too, understanding their own ability to love and to care for people. And this is the truth of the matter for eights because that's who they really are at their core. And then we have nine who disintegrates. When they go with their arrow to the unhealthy aspects of the a very anxious six who is scared. And when nine's placid world falls apart because they've not attended to business, when somebody's coming to move them out of their apartment, that's when they get anxious. Yeah. (laughs) Or when someone threatens to 
soothe them or when the bitter end has come that's when the anxiety comes it's sort of like that's the straw that broke the camel's back and they get into that fearfulness of an unhealthy six but if a nine is going to integrate they go to the healthy three which activates them which gives them energy which helps them understand that loving themselves is to receive love unconditionally and that they that gives them energy and that energy keeps them out of sinking into the mud of complacency which will end them up in anxiety and then you have the one which is our last one because remember we began with two the one disintegrates by going to the very unhealthy four where depression and hopelessness and tragedy and I get the picture of a one saying I told the world the right way to go no one listened and now everything's going to hell in a handbasket and some ones have gotten suicidal like all of the types can be when they get into total despair ones get that despairing that they just want to check out because this is that whole thing goodbye cruel world um, but um when the one is um, very healthy, they go against their arrow to the healthy seven who is optimistic and hopeful and much joy there and those essential aspects at, uh, for the one are the antidote to the one's rigidity, getting stuck with what's right and what's wrong. There's a saying by Rumi that I love to speak of when it comes to one and that is uh, there is a field beyond all right and wrong I'll meet you there oh, that's great so so you've taken us through the different nine energies and what it looks like for each one of them when they integrate and disintegrate and I hope for our listeners that's been real helpful for each Enneagram type to understand what it looks like for their particular type so when one disintegrates to their point of disintegration, does it stop there? Absolutely not. You continue the inner flow of that Enneagram and go against the arrow again to the next number that that arrow is. So, so there's like a spiral that yes. continues to spiral right. downward. You don't right. just stop at that one one number. You continue to right. to move. If you're if you're integrating, you're always going against the arrow. Meaning, if you're a one, you're going to go to the seven, and then from the seven, you're going to go to the healthy part of the five, and then from the healthy part of the five, you're going to shoot up to the healthy part of the eight, then the healthy part of the two then the healthy part of the four back to one at a completely different level of consciousness. Okay, interesting. And then the same with disintegration. Yes, the same with disintegration, just following the arrows uh, as the path of least resistance. What does one do to, to increase the likelihood that they're following the path of integration and not disintegration? Well, that's a matter of consciousness. Um, remember, Einstein said no problem was solved on the level of consciousness that created the problem. And so as, as I look at that, I look at 
people who are always reaching beyond themselves, always trying to understand what they may not understand, people who really reach out in love without judgment, people who uh, value the virtues and value the higher things of life, these are the principles that really underlie the workings of, of this world. And even Plato knew that these were uh, fundamental principles that are built into all human beings. Um, he called, we or they've been called after him, the platonic forms or the platonic solids. And these are the irreducible um, <clears throat> spiritual aspects of, that are in human beings. Uh, we'll talk about those later because they are the basis of what's known as the holy ideas. And that's the beauty of the Enneagram because the Enneagram's holy ideas and virtues, knowing those are what keep us in the mode of integration rather than falling into the very easy path of disintegration, which is the the... The, what, what would you call it? The, the, lazy, the lazy daisy river down to disintegration. Right. And, and that's really the purpose of these podcasts. Yes. Is to help people with awareness and to help people mm -hmm. grow in consciousness so that the Enneagram just isn't a, just a typing system. No. It's more than that. It's, it's a way to grow. It's organic. Yes. Universal truth. Yes. Well, thank you so much for enjoyed being taking here. us yeah. through uh, the arrows today. This was a great podcast. We want to invite our listeners to come back next week as we'll have uh, some, some great topics. We'll continue to delve into the Enneagram, not just the fundamentals, but also some of the more complex topics. And uh, thank you for listening today. Thank you very much, Erica. Bye-bye.